Welcome to another episode of the NRL All-Stars Podcast. This is Barnsley, back for the Supercoach episode for the week. TLT round 10. Billy, it is magic round. You are in Queensland. I need to get you on board because you're going to go for magic round this weekend, as is Luke Garrity, who's often on this podcast. I think Wilfred might be there as well for a game or two. So magic round is upon us, and it is magic for Supercoach as well. Yeah, it should be fun. I think uh, a few of the old uh, FC talk boys go on the weekend, so might might be a few people to catch up with, buddy. Yeah, a lot of the podcasters and um, different people in the community, in the NRL and Supercoach community are up there for Magic Round, and it should be a lot of fun. I haven't been to one yet, I just haven't had the chance to, I'm not going to have the chance this year either, but it should be a lot of fun. Uh, what is a lot of fun also is Supercoach, which is what we're going to be talking on tonight's episode, so for those that are just tuning in for the first time, or those that don't remember, this is a Supercoach episode of the week, it will drop Wednesday after we review TLT on a Tuesday night being now. And we'll have the talking footy episode every week dropping on a Friday, which we normally record on a Thursday, which is a footy only episode. We don't do any super coach. We just talk footy, all the big issues that matter, uh, some of the past footy stars that we put the comb over as well and discuss and just have a lot of fun talking rugby league. But Billy, we need to get on and straight into this one because it is really big for super coach this week. There's a lot happening. Uh, but first of all, before we do that, Last round was a bit of a crazy one. There was a lot happening. There was a lot of low scores, a lot of disappointments, um, high captaincy options like Pappenhausen didn't necessarily go terrible, but they didn't really come through because he got hurt. You know, and then when obviously we have a, a season high score where Hines knocked out 185 pointers. So how did you fare in round nine? Yeah, horrible, mate. Um, ended up with a 1280, so... Um, although it's not the worst, still 100, 100, 150 points behind sort of par for the week, so just falling a bit further behind. Yeah, my season's pretty much over, mate. It's just made a couple of miscalculated decisions throughout the throughout the year. Um, two of them being sort of, um, you know, selling, getting getting it wrong between Papi T and then Cleary, and um, just buying a few South players, thinking they're going to go on a run, and just they're not picking them up, mate. So I. Uh, Going to enjoy head to head, I think, and start actually looking at some opposition and try to line up some line up some matches. I think. Yeah, I don't know. I wouldn't write off your season just yet. I mean, it obviously depends on what you're aiming for. It's pretty hard to hit number one. But I was I had we had Tim Moody, the 2021 overall champion, on the podcast last week talking Super Coach, and he was talking about how you know he's looking at pod options, and we spoke about how quickly you can make it up if you can jump onto some runs of players that maybe others aren't jumping on and and captaincy options and so forth. You can make it up pretty quickly, I think. I managed to have back-to-back 1,300-plus weeks, which was decent. Um, I did want a better week, though. I was probably about 50 points better off than what you were. But um, in saying that, I felt it could have been so much better. Like, I hit stags with originally 12 points, got got updated to 14. But I was... Filthy with that because, as everybody on the, the listeners to the podcast knows, I wasn't a fan of getting stacks, got him in under pressure, shouldn't have done it, don't want to own him, was going to sell him last week, potentially didn't do it, copped his 14 points. And then I played Tass for his 20 something. And then also the worst thing that the real stab in the chest was Satili getting dropped to the bench 
scoring 14 points in like 22 minutes or whatever game time he got off the bench. And I just had to kind of wear that one because there wasn't any great options to burn a trade on. I did have a trade I could have used there and I just sort of thought, nah, I'm just going to have to leave it. And I was actually at a barbecue catch out with mates I hadn't seen for a while as well. So I was like, no, I'm just going to have to leave it. Hopes until he gets on and plays 55 minutes, scores a try, played like 22 minutes or something ridiculous and just killed me. So those three players basically did nothing for me in my 17. But yeah. I was on I was on Nico captain all week, all week. I almost changed to Teddy. And I was watching the game going, oh, Jesus, 126 points from Teddy Barnes. You should have changed it. And then, you know, I said, no, nah, I've got faith in Nico. I reckon Nico will carve. And that obviously came through and kind of saved my round. So I still moved up a little bit. Yeah, it's, um, I, feel, I feel your pain, mate. It's, it's kind of a hard decision with the um, the Chooks players at the moment. You've got guys like Crichton who previously sort of gun sort of ed- edges that you want for 70, 75 average. And you just never know when um, when uh, old mate's going to um, put him on the bench or Butcher on the bench or Satili on the bench. There's no consistency there, so pretty hard to predict um, yeah, the lineups these days. Yeah, well, my other trading was to be the Pangor Jr., and, and that worked out pretty well. I've been looking, trying to get him for a couple of weeks, and 67 points from him I can't complain about. But you mentioned the Chooks. I'll, I'll tell you a sad story about my Chooks and, and trying to hit him in Supercoach. Got Angus in a few weeks ago, and that's worked out pretty well. He ended up knocking out a good 64 on the weekend for me. But let's go through the scores of the Chooks on the weekend just really quickly, all right? Because we can all, you know, I'm going to get upset about it. I think you will a little bit too on some of these. Daniel Tupo was on most of the year, and he got suspended, and I ended up trading him. Um, and he came out and knocked out an 83 on the weekend, and I don't him most of the year until that. So that was a bit of a bummer. Um, and then we look at, uh, Suali, who knocked out a really nice score of what 86 points, who I had the whole preseason, but Billy Smith got named to start, and I wasn't expecting that. And I traded before the round one um, lockout ended, I traded out Suali to get Billy Smith in because he was the starter, and that's worked out phenomenally, except it really hasn't. So I really missed that 86 points for, for there because I probably would have played him over Tass. And then the icing on the cake was last week, one of the trades that I was kind of embarrassed to talk about that I was talking myself into was Luke Keery was only 360,000 and I went, geez, playing the Titans, I could go Ilias to Keery, ultimate pod move. Um, but then I looked at the the Roosters draw after that Titans round and went, oh, it's not very good. But then I sort of said to myself, but Barnsley, you can make a heap of cash out of it anyway, play him for a week, it doesn't really matter. You know, it, it can work out. And I, I just didn't do it. I chickened out on it, saved the trade. And obviously, Kiri came and knocked out 105 points, went up $70,000 and is now almost 440000 Teddy, 126, I'll take. I had him. Um, I've captained him for weeks before that, but I can't really complain there because I had Hines as captain. But, geez, the Chooks really started to come good on, on the weekend, didn't they? So maybe maybe they are going to start to be good again. Yeah, I wouldn't worry too much about Kiri, mate. It's, um, you're only missing out sort of 50 points there and you, would, you wouldn't mind playing again anyway. So it's not the worst, mate, um, apart from sort of uh, the, the, the buy round. But, um, yeah, I reckon it's probably a, a, a trade save, mate. Um, but, um, yeah, two pros a bit of shame. I think you're on him every year, aren't you? But you've got to answer this question. I just quickly said, how come you don't have um, Suave? I kind of thought you would have been all over him, at least when he was so named has been continuing to start on the right edge. Uh, I just, uh, well, for the start of the season, I, I, like I said, I really was on him, but just trying to fit all those cheapies in. I think a lot of people obviously, you know, chopped guys like him out because he wasn't playing. So that's what happened for round one. As far as after that went, um, I've just, 
ended up having injuries and different trades that I had to make. So I had to kind of prioritize. And last week I got Tass in and I prioritized Tass over Suwali because Tass had a lower break even. Um, had just come off that 89 point game and it bottom dollar was basically, you know, over over 120k less to downgrade to Tass. So it just seemed like a no brainer there. So I, I can't really complain about that one. Um, it was really, it's really Billy Smith that hurt me there because I really would have started with Suwali, but I just couldn't fit him for round one. Uh, but we digress. Look, as far as the round overall goes, quick review of it before we move on to TLT. Um, we ended up having nine tons, but also a couple of really big ones. Harry Grant's 138 was big. Munster in number three, 130 was good too. And obviously the Teddy 126. So those like 125 plus scores are sort of on the bigger end. Um, we didn't even see any of those scores that high, I don't think, the week before. And then obviously Hines is 185. Interesting thing with all those guys, you know, we're talking about um, in previous podcasts when we go through this quickly, you know, there's always one or two in that top three or four guys that is, you know, a heavy pod. This week it wasn't, you know, Nicholas Hines is 49% owned. Harry Grant currently 36%, Munster 35%. Teddy, even though despite all the selling of him, is still just under 18% owned still, so not a pod at all. So it was really the big guns that shone on the weekend. Um, and even when you go past that, um, there was still, you know, a heap of pods in that five to nine range for sure. Um, and certainly guys like Garrick were an astute buyer for last week because he came through with 113 points. But there was 30 80-plus scores on the weekend. So it was a really high-scoring round um, and a lot of familiar faces that we haven't seen on the score sheet, like a Brian Toto return game for 81 points. Uh, Daniel Tupo returned from suspension, but he's 83. Uh, and then we had, you know, appearances from guys that we have fallen off a cliff, like Ryan Madison having a, a throwback game scoring 91. You know, there was a lot of old guns there and current guns that really came to form. So it felt like a real old school round of, you know, a 2021 season with a, a lot of big scores. Yeah, I didn't really see Tua um, coming back um, or bouncing, bouncing back that much. I can't... I just didn't really still like him on the, on, on the right edge. Um, you got to remember, most 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 halves, uh, most people in the world are, are right footers. So when you've got that fifth tackle option, it generally goes to your half on the right. Generally, most time, more than not, goes to your seven on the right hand side with a right boot. So when they're booting it downfield, it's generally going to the um, the, um, the back right hand corner. So like your your left side, which is why I thought he had a lot more sort of kick, 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 kick returns on, on that side. So the fact that he's, he was punching out sort of, you know, massive numbers with um, with hit-ups on, on the other side um, was, was pretty promising as well. So I'd love to get him in this week, but um, got a tough draw than the buyer. So he's, he's going to be a hard watch. Yeah, it's tough to get him in. We'll talk a little bit about him later. But um, 51 points in raw base. So he was completely, completely back. Yeah. Let's just quickly review Nicholas Hines's game, though. A try, 17 points. 36 points from his try assists, three try assists, um, 16 points in goals. Um, then he had a pretty, pretty good amount of forced dropouts with 24 points there. Uh, five offloads for um, effective offloads, 20 points. Um, line break assists, he had three. He just he hit on every category so hard. Um, it, it was just 
the, all the stuff that we saw Hines do at the Storm when he had those big games, we saw him do it on the weekend, and it was no coincidence as well that he moved to fullback for some of that and looked really good. So his numbers were outstanding on the weekend, and he he's fast becoming potentially the best player of this season already. Best player of the season? Ooh. Um, <laughs> who would you compare him to that, that would come closer to it? If you just look at the moment, obviously Pappenhausen is just above him on 96 a game. Pap's gone down. Harry Grant's on 95 a game. And then you got Hines on 94. So it's pretty tight for that top three. I, I, I'd actually back Hines to actually end up one by the end of the year. I think that he's a shot at it. I'm not going to say for sure, but he's a shot. But even if he finishes like third where he's at now or even four or five, I think that that's well exceeded expectations for this year. And he's shown a lot in this first third of the year. Yeah, I think the fact that he's got the goal kicking um, at the Sharks, where they're um, like he's a dom- he's a dominant playmaker. He probably gets that probably offsets a lot of the a lot of what um, Pappy would get. Like Pappy's a, Pappy's a sweeper, Pappy's up in the middle, but they've got you know sort of um, Munster and Grant sort of um, fighting fighting to try assist as well. So you might be close to the money there. Um, if I had him in a match race at the beginning of the year, I'd, I'd back Pappy. But um, I reckon from here it might come down to a draw. Yeah, and I feel like we had this conversation in the preseason where we were like, oh, no, I think the goal kicking and being the number one man in the spine, having all the ball and using, I think that's going to work well for him. Guys, you know, we get things wrong, but when you do get a, a victory, you've got to celebrate it. And Hines was a preseason victory. Let's move on to TLT, Billy. Let's go straight into it. So, first game of oh, right. first game of the round. Uh, now, the the people, the good people in Brisbane and everyone travelling for Magic Round are going to get a treat. Their first game is going to be the Bulldogs versus Knights. What a game to start off Magic Round. Um, Barnett's back for the Knights. That's probably the big news. When we're talking about Super coach relevant players. Now, there's no market watch on either either of these teams. No one's being traded in or out heaps. There's no big BE plays either. Uh, and there's not really any captaincy or vice captaincy options, I don't think. But there is one guy as an absolute pod play that I have started to look at. And I'm, I'm not going to say that he's a phenomenal play, but I'm going to say that it, if, if, you know, one of the conversations that me and Tim had last week on this podcast when we took, did the strategy talk at the start we spoke about how it, there is a lot of pods that are getting those bigger scores. Um, so if you can, at this point, get onto a pod for a two or three game run before they actually do it, that's when you want to kind of look at it um, because certainly we've seen a lot of chasing the last weeks or last three weeks points and it doesn't necessarily work out very well. But if you can jump on that run and identify it early, it can. Matt Burton, I watched that game last week and thought, well, this is the best Matt Burton's looked all season. Granted, you know, he's scored really badly for this season. So he threw up a 71-point game against Canberra, 25 in raw base, which isn't phenomenal, but it's solid for him, uh, was goal-kicking as well. And, you know, it's he looked really good. Um, and I went and had a look at his price and went, well, he's only 420000 and he also plays round 13. So all of a sudden I was a little bit interested. And then I looked ahead and went, wow, he's playing Newcastle for Magic Round. Then he's playing the Tigers and then he's playing the Dragons. And then he is going to play round 13 against Penrith, but they're going to be decimated from origin. So it's also a bit of a revenge game from him because he obviously came from Penrith. So all of a sudden I went, wow, a month of footy that looks really good for Burton. He hasn't really been able to show anything for the Dogs, Billy. He's only averaged 45 points a game this year. It is why he's only 420,000. 
does have a, a 30 odd break even. So he's not going to really get much cheaper. It's not, it's not a play that you're, you know, got guaranteed upside from that's going to work out. He has got a lot of scores in the thirties. Um, his best score aside from his 71 last week was 69. And before that it's 55 in his nine games, he's only gone 60 plus twice. Doesn't make for good reading, but as a pod play, as someone who plays around 13, if, if you're looking at giving up on someone like Ilias for a month of footy, you know, do you think he could string it together for the next few weeks and carry on the form from last week? No, I don't think so. I think they've um, got they've got, certainly got a soft draw. And the unfortunate thing for us is that there's only two teams in the comp that have a soft draw at the moment from memory. And I was looking at it today. Um, one of them is the Dogs, which obviously play the bye but don't really have any sort of uh, friendly sort of players apart from sort of Pangaji, who's a bit sort of you know, hot-headed. And uh, Souths, who have basically proven that you know, they, they can't fight their way out of their paper bag at the moment, no matter who they, who they play. So um, for me, it's a no. And the reason is because you'd like to think every Manny's dog kind of has a little five guns at the moment now, and plus like maybe a Blake Taffy. So, and as soon as he peaks, you're going to be wanting to get Papa Hughes back in. So for me, there really is zero spot. Like, who are you going to call for it? Well, I mean, Pappy's gone four to six weeks. So, I mean, I think with someone yeah, like Burton, that, you're only looking for a month. Aren't most people, yeah, but aren't most people trading right to turbo today? Yeah, more than likely. I mean, it's uh, that's one of the definite options that we're going to discuss. I think the option comes in where even if you've got the big guns in your halves, you do, most teams still do have an, like an Ilias there somewhere. Um, one of the four spots, you probably got one of those guys. And you ain't going to be trading him out early. I mean, you, he, he's still got money to make, Ilias, in look, saying that. If you, look, if, if, you've got, um, if you've got two spots, yeah, you can probably entertain it. They have a soft draw, he's going to kick. He might be an option. Um, I'd probably prefer to go somewhere along, along the lines of um, Warriors for that. What's his name? Babyface Assassin. I forgot his name. Walsh. I, 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 oh, that's Walsh, yeah. But he's he's going to be fullback only, though, whereas um, yeah, I know, but he, he can't so go into the halves. There's lots of guys with jewels. So, like, a lot of the Heinz sort of types, so I said jewels, so you can probably move one up, up up and down to get a bloke like him in. I'd probably prefer to go him, um, but only for people that have sort of, you know, the um, Ilias and sort of Tuffy types and can get rid of one one man and then use the other spot for Pappy when he comes back because... Um, learning from um, recent recent history and recent mistakes, the last thing you want to do is not have Pappy. You will absolutely destroy him in one week. Yeah, and no, I agree. And I think, look, I'm actually, I actually kept going back and forth on Burton as a bit of a pod option, thinking, you know, it could be a, a potential move. But the thing that held me back is, even though the Bulldogs' attackers looked a little bit better, you know, I'd probably compare Canberra with with Newcastle. You know, they're two sort of the two teams that aren't going that well. Um, so certainly they're good matchups for them. Um, and the dogs, you know, still only scored the one try um, against Canberra last week. So, I mean, if, if that's what they're doing against Canberra, it's just not enough attack for him. You know, if they were scoring more points, another one or two tries a game, then that might be enough for Burton to be relevant the next few weeks. I, it, it wouldn't surprise me if he goes well, but it's, I think that the attack has scared me off a little bit too much. Um, but, you know, round 13 cover is there. So, Maybe a quick look. Yeah, uh, look, it, it, it's a quick look. It's a nice call out, but number one, it, it's still the dogs. You'd have to hide for four weeks. I'd probably prefer Walsh. 
And if you if you actually if you're absolutely um, set on getting on getting someone, you can probably ride out the, the Cowboys playing the next playing um, what do you call it? Um, pretty sure they've got Storm and Storm and Penrith after the Tigers this week in, in a couple of games. Hopefully, hopefully Drinkwater cools off a bit. You get him for a run instead. He's in he's in simulating form. Yeah, yeah, that's true as well. Uh, look, let's move straight on to the top sport bit of the week for this one and get off to the second game, which is going to be more magic than the first one. And that is top sport have Josh Adokar at $2 and two cents to score any time. And he scored a couple of weeks in a row now after having a dry patch. So I think he's in a bit of form. Um, I'm going to hit on Josh Adokar at $2 too. Second game, Billy, is going to be much better though. So the second game, we've got Manly versus Broncos. Big news on TLT for this one is Burbo, Cooler, and Tui Pilotu are all remaining in the Manly side, which is great news. For Brisbane, there's huge super coach news too with Haas and Capel back. Uh, and it moves Carrigan to Locke, who scored 94 points last week. So interesting watch on Carrigan. Um, but first talking point on this one, uh, market watch, we do have a lot of action between the Brisbane Broncos and the Manly Seagulls. The first one is Staggs. He's the seventh most traded out player at the moment. And I've already spoken about the fact that I didn't want Stags and I ended up with him and I, I got really disappointed on the weekend. He scored 14 points, Billy. Um, and I could not tell you as well how disappointed I was watching that game. He wasn't running the ball. And I do not subscribe to the theory that, you know, Brisbane won 32 to 12 and he scored 14 points in Supercoach and it was Brisbane's fault for not getting him more ball. He should have been looking for the ball. He should have been taking hit-ups. In 80 minutes, Stags had five runs. You know, it's just, it is abysmal when he's doing this type of stuff and, and just not not getting in the ball, not getting around the action and not going in and doing it. And it is the opposite of what you normally want in your centre wings. You want guys that are going to be busy, guys that are going to jump in there, the Campbell Grahams, the Tottos, the Tupos, the guys that are going to get in and go and take runs because when the ball doesn't go to them in attack or when the attack's not falling their way, they're still going to score okay. And you know that the big score's going to come. Staggs is 550,000 with an 83 break even. He's playing the Manly side that now has Turbo back. Uh, decent draw for two weeks after that with Newcastle and Gold Coast. And we probably should say with Brisbane, they are playing a lot better, which should be better for Stags. And he's in Suncourt for Magic Round. He has had big games against the good sides. You know, he's two tons of the year against the Roosters and the Panthers, 108, 102 points. Does he step up here or, or should people be looking at selling him? I've been getting rid of him. Um, just particularly look, with that break even and the fact that he's not playing that first buy. If you've got other problems to, to solve, you can probably hold on to him for a week, just to the and, and see what happens. But it's it's a lot of coin you can use to sort of guarantee points elsewhere. So um, personally, if I had, I'd, I'd be selling him. I'm sick of this. I'm sick of the up and down. I was I was loving seeing him on seeing him on uh, fourteen points last week until I looked at the other side and realised my AJ was on twelve. So <laughs> it's kind of one of those bit of moments where you know you you finally get a bit of bit of luck with uh, a highly owned player and we find that your pot is just freaking useless. <laughs> I can't stand owning stags. Like I, I I think it was Wilfred I made the comment to the other day when Wilfred half defended him and was like you know what he could just as well go hundred this week and I was like if he went hundred I still wouldn't even care. I would not even care if I sold him because I'd be confident the week after he'd go 20. Uh, and that's sort of oh. how I look at Stags. And he's not, I mean, he's not going to play round 13 anyway, Billy. So I think you can get around getting rid of him because you know that you're going to train him for round 13 anyway. Yeah, I, I, I'd be selling him. But look, with a break even of 83 and a guy that's renowned to have like a, a high sort of base attack, 
even if he doesn't score a try this week, you'd like to think there's a magic round off try a track. He's going to score sort of 35, sort of, sort of 40. So even if he doesn't go over the line and he drops coin, it's not going to be too much. Surely he doesn't have another 14 maybe. No one scores 14 points and has, what, five hit-ups and then goes back to back to that. They either get a rev by the coach or they or they, or they, they wake up to themselves and go, you know what, I'm getting this week. I'm not going on a week without another trial. I'm not involved yeah, look, I, I think that you summed it up well at the start of the Stags conversation where you said, like, definitely move him on unless, unless you have more pressing matters. And I think that's what it comes down to. Like, if you've got more pressing matters, don't, don't try and figure out a, a way to get Stags out as well or to, or to boost if you don't need to or to fall over yourself or to hold other guys you don't want to get rid of Stags. There's every chance he goes 80 points this week because he does this type of stuff. For, for the long term, I wouldn't even care trading him this week if he went 80 points, like I said, though, because it's probably a small score next week and he's just so unreliable and so rocks and diamonds. Uh, Marco, watch in. Burbo is number one. Ben Travojevic, number one most trading player. He's got a break even of minus 51. He's going to have his first price rise of the year as well. And he's coming off a scintillating game. Career best for Supercoach, 96 points against the West Tigers. Um, and obviously he was named to start at centre, got moved to start in the back row for Ola Kawatu, who was a laid out, and then he ended up um, scoring 34 points in just tries, which was his two tries that he scored, both with line breaks, 96 points, almost a tonne, and he's back at centre this week. So you'd expect that he's got an opportunity again playing the Broncos to potentially get another try this week in that manly side. Um, dual centre wing, second row forward, 188,000. I uh, I think the job security was the only question mark with Ben Travojevic, and he's been named this week. We've got Brad Parker a month away from rehabbing his knee. That should see him remain there until round 13, hopefully. But Billy, worst case scenario, even if he doesn't, uh, he, he's, he'll probably make $100,000 just this week and potentially even maybe be playable depending on your 17. So I can't get around not buying Travojevic this week. Well, I've been buying him. Um... Um, hundred percent. Um, I bought him last week as soon as it was confirmed that um, um, Harper was out for four weeks. I just kind of figured um, that's his opportunity. This opportunity to start if he put, if, and it, particularly when he was named a second row as well. Um, obviously having 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 a chance to get some back, some base. That was obviously rain him took a punt. Um, and off, off the back of his form last week, I don't see him getting dropped, dropped very quickly. He's obviously put in a uh, ma- massive performance, muscle his way over the line a bit. So I'm, I'm actually quite looking forward to sort of playing him for the next sort of four weeks. Um, certainly, certainly we'll be playing him this week. I'm going to back Tom to get him over the line. I think the only thing I'm worried about with Ben Trevojevic is that he is the, the first guy out of that team um, in the back line. So certainly Cooler and Tui Pilotu are ahead of him. Uh, so I think the people just, if, they, if you're buying him, it's not going to matter with the minus 51 BE, but you just kind of have to expect in the next couple of weeks he could be dropped. Um, that's that's one thing. In saying that, you know, he did take Morgan Harper's spot, right? So Morgan Harper, you know, was named and then dropped and is in the um, jersey number 23 for Ben Travojevic to start in his place. So I, I think that it's, it's safe to assume at the moment it's Ben's job, um, which will hopefully be good for the Broncos game. The next week they've got the Eels. So even just getting those couple of games, you know, if he, even if he misses like round, even round 11 and 12, you'd expect with Turbo out, he'd have a shot at getting back into the side in round 13. And, and then you're going to get some cover, another price rise. And you'd be able to sell him after two games for 150K profit maybe. And that, that's fine. So I, I can't see any way he doesn't work out. This next guy, 
Billy, we should all be getting around him, right? Pappenhausen has made it really easy for teams to just jump on Tom Trevojevic, actually make like thirty, forty thousand dollars in doing that trade at the moment, which is insane. But Tom Trevojevic is now nine hundred eight thousand. He scored seventy eight points on the weekend against the West Tigers. Um, he looked busy. He had, he had twenty plus runs, which I think was positive. That was a really good first game for him to get back. And now I think that we saw as well that he could have gone a lot bigger. A couple of times I thought that he was going to really kill us. I think that his original score was ninety plus points. Obviously, that's his first game back out of the way. So I'm I'm heavily looking at Trojevic at the moment. I think the thing is that the weeks after. You know, you're going to buy him for three weeks and those three weeks are going to be Broncos, which is great. Um, Parramatta, which is okay. And then Melbourne, which is a really tough game in round 12. And then he doesn't get to play round 13 because he's going to be in origin. And you'd hope that that he's not going to get rested. But if he does, you know, round 14 is the West Tigers, which is a good matchup, but it's post-origin. So it's a bit of an argument in the Supercoach community at the moment. You know, I've heard plenty of people make a good case that, I'm not that sold on him. Um, the draw isn't that easy after this week. He's still just coming back from injury. He's going to hit origin. You're going to have to hold him and bench him. And then the other train of thought, which I have at the moment, is I don't want to watch him. Magic round, second game, running around versus the Broncos, traditionally really bad at defending fullbacks for Supercoach, and and have to pray to God that Tom Trevojevic isn't Tom Trevojevic on Friday. You know, I, I don't want to do that. So I'm just going to buy him, and I'm going to put the VC on him. Yeah, I'm doing exactly the same thing. I remember three or four years ago doing the same thing with Teddy. Like he had like a 150 break even and he was playing the Bulldogs and I thought, oh, look, I'll just wait. I'll just wait one week until that sort of break even sort of come, comes down a bit and I'll get into the next week a little bit cheaper and I'll be going to clear us up or something instead uh, this week. That was the week that Teddy proceeded to score 190. Um, every other man his dog had him as captain. I lost out on what 300 points and then end up having to pay more for him. So the fact that he's got 130 break even playing around the Broncos, mate, I don't want to risk it. I just want to take it. He scored 80, 80 odd last week with zero tries. So um, <laughs> the fact that he's playing with Broncos this week on a dry track and he's got one sort of healthy game on, uh, under, under his wing, I'll, I'll take that. Um, I'm not as scared of the Eels game um, as you are. I know, um, I know. I know they've been playing well at the moment. They held to the Panthers out, but if, if Dylan Edwards can score some points from the Eels on, on you know, 20, 25 sort of kick returns, I'm sure Turbo can do the same without scoring and you know, get that base attack. So the only game I'm sort of concerned about is um, Melbourne, but if that's just the one game, I'm happy to ride it out and uh, have him sitting, sitting in my team for that round 14 matchup. Mate. Yeah, and the thing with Melbourne now, um, which I think has changed, across the weekend is that Pappenhausen out's big. Um, I think that's a big out for them. Uh, and not only that, they've also got Remus Smith out. So they've got, you know, quite a few changes in that back line, which is going to make them a little bit susceptible to someone like Turbo, um, especially out that side that, that Steve's on now. Um, so we're going to talk about that a bit on the storm changes, but I think that, make, that makes that game a little bit more palatable. I think Turbo's a fine buy this week, especially if you own Pappenhausen. I think it's a logical choice. I've seen a lot of people throw up, um, you know, pod options and things, um, looking at completely random people instead. Uh, I, I think that you need to, especially this round with some of the matchups, you need to make sure that you don't miss out on like a Nico Hines 185 points. Right. I think that you've got to you know, minimise those big scores right now because there's too many that are happening in the last couple of weeks. And Turbo is one of those guys that can actually do that. 
Um, another guy that's been traded in quite a bit in this game is Ruben Garrick from the Manly Seagulls. He's the sixth most traded in player. Last week, me and Tim spoke about him, Billy, and said, you know, it's um, it's a little bit pricey, especially with the draw that's coming up afterwards. But we both sort of recognised and said with Turbo back, round nine and 10 are going to be money rounds for him. He's going to have the Tigers and the Broncos. And both of those could be really good. Scored 113 points last week. Um, that bumps his three-round average up to 81 a game and his five-round average up to 73. So after a slower start and averaging only 63 for the season, his recent games have been far better. The last four games, he's gone 76, 80, 50 and 113 for turbo return. So this week versus the Broncos, he's only got a 50 BE. Um, and he's 650 plus K. So he's going to be an expensive purchase for center wing, but I actually see him as a pretty decent one. He's still uh, in pod territory. Yep. And still got two really good matchups. Yeah, mate. There's, there's only four people I'm interested in buying this week. Um, uh, Garrick, Trevojevic, Cotter, and Papa Lee. Um, and it all just comes down to who's got the better run, who's got the better break even. Uh, who's who's going to play the who's going to play the buy and you know, who, who's likely to score score be volatile and score a lot more um, than others at his position. So I would love to get him this week um, with his. I think it's uh, I think it's a fifty break even. I think so. It's not too bad, but the fact that he's playing uh, the ponies uh, on dry track, kicking goals. Um, I remember looking at him the first few weeks, thinking, "How is he scoring in that 50, 60 points? You're not doing anything." But he was just having a cut. He was just having you know, a couple of runs, had 20 points in runs, four or five tackles, had a couple of tackle busts. There's 35 points, kicked two or three conversions. He's, he's on sort of, you know, 50, 50, 55 points without even going over the line or really having a line break. So if he can do that versus you know, the, the, the tougher teams, because you've got to remember, I think he did that versus uh, they had Panthers and the Storm round two and three. So if he had that, that's the rolling average. And now Tom's back and they've got a soft draw for uh, at least one game. Yeah, I'm with, I'm, with, I'm with Tim on this one. I'd be buying this week if I could. Yeah, probably the only thing I'll add with this, um, you mentioned dry track. Um, a, a lot of people have been worried about uh, rain on the weekend for Brisbane. So um, certainly Friday, 80% chance of rain. Saturday, 80% chance of rain. Sunday, 80% chance of rain. So it looks like the, the Friday rain is actually going to be the heaviest um, if the Bureau is right. So I don't know. How much how much stock do you take in that, especially for those Friday games with Manly? Well, when, when it rains up here, though, like it, it, it'll rain. Um, and look, I mean, I'm sitting at the balcony now. Like it's, it's been raining the last couple, couple of days on and off, but I'm in shorts and a T-shirt and you can run around outside. It's probably a little bit to the dewy. It's, it's not like torrential rain. A long, longer grass in city that gets to sort of bog down. Um, it's, it's it's just a different turf up here. So um, even if it is raining, I, I wouldn't be con- too concerned. Unless it's absolutely torrential, mate. Oh, got it. So the ground's better in Queensland. Grass is greener. All that stuff. I oh, got it, mate. You've completely converted yeah. it. You should probably switch from New South Wales <laughs> and support Queensland this year in the Origin. That's fine. That's all right. I wouldn't go that far, mate. Home's where the heart is, but I'm home's where the heart is, but I'm never going back. <laughs> That's fine. Look, uh, I guess the last thing to point out in this game before we move on, you know, we said Turbo as a vice captaincy option. I'm really into that, and I'm going to do it because he has the potential to explode, especially against Brisbane. I like the matchup, but you know, are we giving Brisbane enough credit? You know, they've been winning games lately. Um, they have done a lot better than what we expected from Brisbane in the last few weeks of footy in particular. 
it is Magic Round, it is at Suncorp, big stage. You know, could this not be the the good manly scoring that we're just anticipating coming up against the Broncos? I mean, the Broncos might even win. Yeah, they might. Um, you've got to remember, it's going to be a big crowd up here too, um, and there's lots of people travelling. So I don't think you're going to have as much behind the crowd advantage as usual. But, I mean, obviously there's going to be lots of people out here to support the Broncos. Um, that, that's that's inevitable. But, inevitable, but I, I think you'll have a more, more of a mixed bag of people people in the crowd. So, um, you yeah, look, I think I think the... Um, I think the, uh, the Broncos are doing a lot better. I think not contain them somewhat, but I think class prevails, mate. So I'm happy to take the punt on, on a BC. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be captaining him straight up, but I'll put that way. No, I don't think you should be captaining him straight up either. Um, forget the pod move, just BC it for safety. Uh, top spot bet of the week on this particular game: dollar sixty eight for Manly. I, I like that. Just take the easy money line on that one. New Zealand Warriors versus the South Sydney Rabbitohs is the first Saturday game. Big news for this one is Tohu is back and he's named to start on the edge immediately. Jazz stays at lock. Um, Aitken stays on the other edge with Katoa making way. Uh, so you'd anticipate that someone like Aitken is still going to be okay, even when um, even when Curran returns, which is good. But the big news in this game is really Host is replacing Murray on the edge and Arrow's moving to 13 and Tass was dropped. I just got to go on a little bit of a rant here, Billy. So just bear with me a minute. Last week we spoke about Tass, and I was all over him. Um, I've spoken to a lot of people about Tass last in the last week, and he's now been dropped. Right, I'm going to try and half explain myself. I said last week, Demetrial. I quoted it. It is on many articles. Said Tass has earned the right to be at that centre spot. He has earned the job. Now a week later, he's dropped him. I did say last week, you know, worst case scenario, probably buys him a couple of weeks with the coach's guarantee. I do not know how one week on, with Tass having an average game, I wouldn't even say it was a bad game, he gets dropped to put Paulo in. And I'm sorry, I really do not rate Paulo at all at centre instead of Tass. So no idea why, you know, Dimitri, I thought that that was the move to make. I really disagree with it, but I'm not an NRL coach, Billy. Maybe he was just getting in the way of AJ getting the ball. So I'm happy about that. <laughs> oh, look, honestly, look. I'm with you, mate. I'm with you. I'm 100%. I've been absolutely death row in the bunnies for the last two, three, four weeks. I've imagined playing uh, AJ and Tass and Taffy and Walker and Arrow. That's why my season is over. <laughs> well, look, he's gone 84 and 24 the last two games. Um, he's still got a minus 29B. And look, it's not the end of the world because he's still just made like 50k plus in a week. Um, and as soon as he takes the field again, he's going to make more. He's in the extended squad. The other news that sort of come out is that apparently Campbell Graham trained on, on the other side. Um, so Campbell Graham might. In the left. Yeah. So Campbell Graham might go back to the left and take Tass's spot there. Um, so that's, that's interesting for Campbell Graham as well. Um, could be interesting for AJ too, because it might be a bit better for him as well, but um, that might explain it a little bit, but look, even still, it's, it's a travesty that Tass was dropped. I, I don't understand how to make it. Um, that's good news for um, Graham, though. Is if you go back a couple of years, whenever whenever he was Graham was on the, on the left hand side, he got a lot of those short balls, and he went on a uh, a, uh, a seven game or it was either a seven game try scoring streak or streak or a nine game try scoring streak. Yep. I think, I think I think it was seven games with nine tries. I'm pretty sure it was, and most of those were on the left side. Yeah, he had like three out of seven where he scored a double in that run. 
It was it was massive. Yeah. Um, so if, so, if you're on ground this this week and he goes to the left, I'd be I'd be banking on a uh, any time, maybe even a couple. Yeah, even if you don't own him, like it might be a good time to have a look at him at his price. We've gone through his numbers a lot in the last month on this podcast, but um, it, it wouldn't be a bad option um, this week if you're looking for a centre wing replacement. If he does move, like there's no confirmation he was just training there, but. Look, the, on Market Watch, you know, we mentioned Arrow. He's actually the third most trained out player. And ordinarily, I'd get by. So, Jai Arrow has been very underwhelming. He only played 58 minutes on the weekend and he scored 28 points. It was absolutely abysmal. 30 base, worst of the year by a mile. His next worst base was 40 base. And after that, you know, he's in most of it's mid 40s to even 50s in base. So, really bad couple of weeks from Jai Arrow. I actually sold him two weeks ago. Um, and I'm happy that I did because he's bled about 50k since then. Got a break even of 75, 470,000. You know, I, I get why people are moving on. The only thing that I would say is Cameron Murray is now out, and um, Jai Arrow at 13 yep. is a much better proposition than Jai Arrow on an edge. Uh, and it's also, I think they're going to lean on him for more minutes. You know, he's only he's averaged 63 minutes a game this year, but a lot of that is. Um, kind of boosted up, you know, the first couple of weeks he played 72 and 76 minutes and he had, you know, four four weeks in a row where he averaged about 52 minutes. The last three weeks, his minutes have been 58, 80 and 65. They've been all over the shop. Whereas now that Murray is out, you kind of expect him to take that role and have a real stable 65-minute job week to week um, if that's how it plays out. But even still, even 60 minutes a game, he's going to produce more than the 52 points that he's scoring at the moment. So... I actually think he's got a bit of upside the next few weeks, Billy. So, you know, 70s break even. I try and hold him unless you really, really need to sell a Ford and you've got no one else. Yeah, agree. I was doing exactly the same thing. I was getting rid of him this week. Um, I'm actually really annoyed at myself. I, I had no idea he was only playing 50 minutes. I, um, I, um, I, bought, I actually prefer him on the edge, but playing 70 to 80 minutes, I didn't realise he'd actually regressed to 65, then 60, then 55. When I saw the 28 score, the 28 score right now, 50 minutes this week, and I hit the roof. I couldn't believe I, I hadn't been paying attention. So, um, yeah, mate, he was 100% on the chopping block this week until um, Murray out. So the fact that Muzzle's out and he's back to the middle, at least that's the guaranteed thing, 55, 60 minutes and, and middle, middle points again. So keep him, get him in your team. Um, he's obviously lost a lot of cash, lost you a lot of points. No one else is going to be buying him, so... Keep him in your team. Happy go crash over the line. Um, get you some points and some respect back. Yeah, look, he should be minimum 10%, if not 20% better at 13. Um, and that's what he sort of has been in the past as well. Playing the Warriors as well. So it, it, after what the Warriors dropped last week, you know, you'd have to say they're one of the best matchups in the league at the moment, wouldn't you? They had... They were against 11 players for 10 minutes on the Sharks um, and they had a player set off as, you know, a good portion of, of the rest as well, where it was 12 and they still... The Sharks still dominated them, really. Um, so that bodes well for a South bounce back. And, and yeah, that's also for guys like Jai Arrow and big minutes to actually jag something. Yeah, that's you, mate. I forgot to mention that. So, um, yeah, that was, the other, that was the other reason for keeping all those um, bunnies that are killing me slowly. <laughs> <laughs> I do need to mention that Aiken needs to um, pass his HIA. Um, but, you know, assuming he does, he's going to start and. He's the only warrior that I'm going to mention, um, aside from Tohu, who is back. Tohu is a big watch. I've seen a couple of people say, oh, is he an option? No, 600,000. First game back from an ACL. You don't go near Tohu. You watch him this week and see how he goes for a couple and then maybe look to round 13 as a buy, and that's when you're going to be looking towards. 
Um, but I'm sorry, Warriors fans, there's not a lot happening. So we're going to bypass and, and talk about a couple more South plays in this game to close <laughs> off. Taff and Ilias. Now, these two have been really frustrating. Um, I think both of them went okay on the weekend. They scored kind of 50-odd points each. Um, are either of those potential plays versus the Broncos, uh, versus the Warriors? And I'm, I'm trying to sit them, but then I see matchups like this, Billy, and I go, well, Taffy's bad, okay? I, I don't think he's very good. Um, he's not a very good super coach option, but he's the goal kicker for Souths. If they're playing the Warriors and the Warriors looked that bad last week, Souths could put up good points. You know, do you consider playing a Taff against the Warriors side? Did this about two or three weeks ago. I thought, you know, you know what? He's playing oh, Tigers or Bulldogs or something or other, and... He must have had about six or seven hit-ups and dropped the ball on four or five of them, was on sort of five or six points, um, thinking he's going to score 10 goals. He was a sharpshooter, but they were, they were that horrendous. He ended, up, he ended up kicking like two or three goals and scoring 20 points or something rather. And I remember thinking, how the hell can an attacking or a supposedly attacking fullback goal-kicking against a team like that and he scored 20 points? Um, then you look at last week and all of a sudden uh, has a few better hit-ups, strike rates um, still pretty good. Then he actually went, he, I think he actually went really close with the line break assist, try assist early in the game, which didn't eventuate. And he got one right right at the end. So he's looking better, but it's, you probably need to ask yourself, do you want to bank on some like Randall making 40 tackles and maybe getting a jagging and attacking each stat against the dogs? Or do you want to go with a guy that's possibly going to score, you know, 20, 30, 40, 50, 60, 70, 80, and have absolutely no idea which one of those it's going to land on? Yeah, I'm actually going to play Taff this week. Um, and my reasoning is, uh, look, I, I still think he's a bit average, but the last couple of weeks, you know, he scored 66 against Manly. And then Broncos game last week, he scored 51. And, and they got done like 36 to 12. Like they only scored 12 points that game. So he didn't have much attacking opportunity. He still scored 51. So I think the last couple of weeks have been pretty promising. And coming up against the Warriors, you know, the Warriors are worse than the Broncos and worse than Manly. So if he's managed to go 51 to 66 in those games, you'd think that he's a minimum 50-ish. Um, hopefully around a 70 would be good, but a 50 to 70 type of range. I'm going to go for it. He's going to be like my last reserve type of thing. Um, so I do think that he's a bit of an option. Um, but other guy to worry about, Cody Walker. You know, we I'm going to say he's a guy to worry about, but I'm also going to say, you know, do you go uh, an absolute, you know, three people in Australia are actually going to, you know, put a VC on him and, and you could be one of them, you know, because I'm going to mention that Cody Walker's second biggest game ever was against the Warriors. And it wasn't that long ago because I remember it really, really well. A couple of seasons ago, he scored 150 points and he did that scoring four tries against them. Uh, it's still etched in my mind. Um, I'm pretty sure that I either, yeah, I vice captained him and I looped him and it worked out marvelously. So Billy, I've still got that 150 burn in my mind from a couple of seasons ago. You know, obviously not gone great on the week when 47 versus the Broncos. They did get pounded, though, the two weeks before he went 99 and 77 in better games for Souths. So against this Warriors side, he seems to love playing them. He's got an average of 82 against them, which is, you know, I think the, the second best average out of any team that he plays. Loves playing the Warriors. Is this a game where Cody's going to bust out a bit? I, I don't think that we can say that anyone should probably buy him at the moment with the way that they're going, but, you know, Warriors, Canberra, Tigers, it's still the next few games. It is up in Brisbane, big crowd. 
against a bad Warriors team. I'm smelling a 100-point game from Cody this week. And I actually think that, you know, if you didn't own Turbo, I don't think it's a real pod play VC if you really want to shoot for the stars or try and jag something that no one else is going to go for. It's a pod play VC, but he's going to have to score absolutely massive um, for you to take it because otherwise you're basically uh, getting rid of a stab at sort of Hines or to a lesser extent Cleary or, or, or Grant or someone like that who's almost sort of guaranteed to get a sort of you know, 80 to 90. So, um, but just to point out, though, that's one of the reasons I mention it because um, Penrith and Melbourne are playing each other. So I'm kind of thinking that they might cancel each other out as as, as good options well, for this. If week. you don't if you don't own Turbo and you own Walker, I'd be I'd be very busy and hoping that the um, that, yeah that Storm Panthers game is quiet. But I'd be absolutely uh, crapping myself for the Hines um, for the Hines game if you if you scored anything less than one fifty and you decide to loot. Because you yeah, you've well, I mean, someone, yeah. Right? Well, I mean, that's a good point too. Like if Hines goes nuts, you can end up, end up worse off by taking your AE. So it is a very good point. Um, I do think Cody will have a bounce back, but geez, even at 550000 it's it's pretty hard to talk about buying him now. Um, I wouldn't begrudge anyone, you know, if you needed a 5.8, yeah, go for it. Good three weeks coming. He's still got a three-round average of 74 billion. He hasn't been going that bad, but far yeah, out South all, look bad. Yeah, look, it all comes down to who you got on your bench. Like if you, if you haven't got like a... Even Cobo is looking a lot better these days. But if, if you if you if you got someone like Cobo, you know, sort of in round one or round two, that might score sort of fifteen to sort of twenty points, then your risk of your risk of looping is, is, is a lot greater. Sometimes the risk of of, of of looping is only an extra fifteen twenty points when you could completely lose 50, 60 points, and that's what happened. Yeah, no, it, it does it does make it hard sometimes when you sort of see the big score, but then end up with a real small score and someone else goes massive like a Hines. So it's a good point to make. Um, top spot bit of the week, you know, Alex Johnson, $1.79. I can't remember seeing AJ that that good. And he's playing the Warriors, who, again, I don't mean to harp on it, Warriors fans, I'm really sorry, but he did look bad last week and he do look like a good matchup at the moment. And I've got to say, you know, when you're looking at the Warriors game last week when they did play poorly, Connor Tracy got a double. And Jesse Ramian um, got a try as well. Nico Hines got a try. Teague Wilton on that edge got a try as well. You know, the outside backs are just so susceptible and they're one of the best at letting in points as far as centre wings go as well. Um, so, you know, for super coach and for try scoring, uh, outside backs against the Warriors, really good. So I'm, I'm loving that one. But really, let's move on to the next game. Um, this one we have... Titans and Dragons, absolute mass changes for Titans, including both wingers dropped. Um, Herbert at centre dropped. Just, you know, a, a third of the team shifted around one way or another um, versus Dragons with no changes. Just generally, did you? I don't know if you watched that Roosters-Titans game last week, but the Titans weren't very good um, and they do look like a pretty good matchup. Um, and the Dragons have actually been playing a little bit better before the storm went on with it last week. At halftime, it was only 12-0. Um, so it's interesting to see where this one's at. Uh, the Titans do look pretty bad at the moment. With so many dropped in their side, um, you know, is it sort of a week where you go, well, Titans look bad. They've got all these new players in the back line. Do we think that these Dragons players might be ones that we should have a look at for Magic Ground? Oh, mate, the Titans are absolutely horrendous. Um, it looked like the fullbacks were basically non-existent in watching them last week. They just... <laughs> It has collapsed. Um, 
Mate, I can't for the life of me pick anyone in there you'd, you'd even want to consider. Like, do you have a name? I do. Okay, and obviously Lomax is one that's come up a lot, um, but I'm, I'm going to bring up a real left field one, okay? And I'm going to say first off, in draft, this is magic, okay? Michele Ravalara in draft, yeah, yeah. go and grab him, okay? But for classic, uh, it, it's a real bold shot in the dark pod, big balls pod, extreme pod, okay? He's been scoring terrible. But again, referencing last week's podcast, if you're looking at trying to look at indicators of a guy that could go on a run, Ravalawa has now hit that sweet spot of being under 300000 He's $297,000. That starts to become in the realm of cheapies that you buy to make money on. And last three weeks, or more than that, mm. he scored terrible. You know, he's got like a, a, a five-round average of 21. He's averaging 38 for the season. Horrible. But you just look at the first the first week of the season when he played the Warriors. He scored 119 points. He can score tries if the Dragons actually start clicking. The next three weeks, he has the Gold Coast Titans, which we've just spoken about, looked terrible last week, have changed a lot of the back line. That whole side that he's on is different. And then he's got the Warriors, who we've also backed in this podcast, I'm sorry. And he scored 119 points against him round one this year. And then he hits the Bulldogs before the bye. So sub 300K, uh, could end up making a bit of money over the next month of footy. Um, and he's owned by nobody. He's still got a 26 rule base in the year, so he should be scoring better than what he has the last sort of month of footy. It's a it's a bold one, Billy, um, and it's certainly like a, a sort of a downgrade that you'd make if you already had all the cheapies or you didn't have anyone else to buy and you needed to free up some cash, like a Stags to Ravalawa makes you get turbo or something like that. You know, I'm I'm not going to say he's a I'm not saying he's a great move to go for, but. He's one of the ones that you sort of need to look at when the numbers get low enough on his price tag, I think. Yeah, true. You got me thinking about buying Lomax now just so I've got someone to watch in that game. <laughs> I, can't watch, <laughs> I can't physically watch that game without having to play it for a bit. So, um, well, Lomax just hasn't had the big enough scores, right? Like he's averaged 58 for the year, but, you know, he's only, he's only gone 60 plus 44% of his games and he's played all nine. Uh, and he's, his highest score is 70. He's only hit 70 to one. So he just doesn't have the highest scores for me, whereas a, at least a Rava, you know, it's it's Feast or Fatman, like he could throw up a 20 for you, but, you know, he's got that that ton ability against the worst sides. Well, look, I don't think Ravalar's really sort of been over the line, but so he he tends to score 50, 55, 60, just, you know, absolutely horrendous game where he Throw, mm-hmm. throws off offloads that go nowhere, kicks a couple of goals. You look at his score, think, oh, he's going to score 25. You look at it and go, what, 60? Where the hell did that come from? So if he's going to draw like this, I think you're almost talking me into sort of getting the, uh, get the Lomax type. Yeah, and look, Lomax is definitely the better option. Like if you want, if you want a good player, um, for the longer term, Lomax is definitely better. The the, the key difference is he's you know two hundred fifty thousand dollars more expensive, so you get yeah, to pay right, for that. Yeah, you'd pay, you'd pay for that to avoid one game where you know the Ravalara scores twenty because because that completely offsets you know, a one a one twenty and all of a sudden you're back to you're back to square one with basically what you know Lomax would have scored into inside two weeks, and then all of a sudden you come to round three and. You've got Lennox for the dogs and the buyers as opposed to Ravalara and praying he gets another ton, otherwise you're full on. Yeah, no, Rav is um, a massive big balls pod um, for a few weeks and maybe make some money. Um, but Lomax is definitely the keeper in this one. And 
I, I couldn't begrudge anyone going for him because I don't think many are. And that three-week run at the moment before the buy, it's pretty premium in this one. Um, Billy, I don't think there's any great um, captaincy or vice-captaincy options in this one, so we may as well move on. Before we do, everyone, I do need to mention the fantastic sponsor of the All-Stars podcast, and that is Top Sport. Top Sport are 100% Australian-owned bookmaker. They often have the best odds in the market, whether it's sport or whether it's also betting on racing. They've got it all, and they've got great odds and fantastic service. But you can use a, a promo code from this, all, from this podcast. It's SC All-Stars, all one word. Open an account today, and when you do, where it says promo code, put in SC All-Stars, and they'll know you're one of our listeners and take great care of you. One of the great things everyone on Supercoach is starting to love on Top Sport, though, is that you can bet on player performance markets. They've got their own fantasy sports betting markets. It's a really easy system with only half a dozen different types of scoring that you can see really easily, and it's based on the actual NRL stats, so you can easily research and have a look and just bet over the unders on point scoring. Um, For instance, there was some really good um, point scoring uh, (laughs) overs on Teddy last week. I think he was around 50.5 points, and he he got that in pretty easily at $1.92. So go on Top Sport, look at player performance markets. If you like to do your fantasy sports betting, you can get on it there as well. Topsport.com.au or download the app today, which is really easy to use, and get on it with SC All-Stars as your promo code. Billy, next game. Game of the round, Storm versus Panthers. Uh, unfortunately, the big change for this one is Pappenhausen is obviously going to be out four to six weeks now. That's really That makes him an obvious sell. You absolutely have to sell him. Uh, Meany takes a fullback spot. Uh, and you've got Steve in the centres for Remus Smith, who's got a torn peck, unfortunately. Uh, and the other thing that I don't think has been mentioned enough is uh, Big Tui Kamakamitha, who has now served his suspension and is available, is in the extended squad. He could very much come in, uh, and if he does, that could very much affect Josh King's minutes as a starting 13, because Kamakamitha, really, that was going to be his spot before he got into trouble. Um, but Billy, obviously the big news, Pappenhausen's out, but it really sucks that everybody has so much cash to spend and you can basically do whatever you want with that money. Yeah, um, I think it, it all sort of comes down to people trading him out for a turbo or Hines. So I think you're going to have a fair few people that don't have one or the other. There's a few that still don't have a query. Um, I think it's basically basically going to get everyone that uh, absolutely stacked. So I think you'll find that it comes down to, you know, th- two, three weeks from now when sort of Pappy's back, that all of a sudden, you know, it'll, um, it'll, it'll, it'll sit, it might sort of be end game there for a few that sort of can't get him back just as quick, but you might be a little bit lucky in that people like sort of Tass and Taffy and uh, Targo sort of, uh, or, uh, or, yeah, people have a bit of coin up their sleeve to use sort of two or three trades and sort of squeezing back in somehow, even if it's base, even if it's maybe trading Teddy out for him. Yep, yep. Um, when we're having a look at market watch for this one, um, Pap is an obvious number one trained out player. Uh, Targo, number two, I'm on board with that. Um, I traded Targo a couple of weeks ago. I haven't looked back. But at the moment, there's not great value. But I don't think we need to talk about it too much. But Coates is an interesting one. He's number nine most trained out, Billy. Some people just brought him in last week, and I understood why. I thought that he would have gone... But I, I, I lost about three different multis because he didn't score a try last week against the Dragons. Um, 31 points uh, after coming off 116 and 123. Um, he'd scored a huge amount of tries the two weeks before and no tries last week for his 31-point score. He's just under 600,000, got a mid-40s BE. You know, people are selling because they're playing Penrith, uh, but they do have the Cowboys and Manly and easier matchups after that. Um, 
I get why people are selling. He did just make 75000 So it's not like if you did trade him in last week that you didn't get some money for it. If you just trade him in the last week or two, though, I wouldn't look at him as a, as a priority trade-out. I certainly think with a mid-40s B, you could just hold him um, and see what he can produce, especially against the Cowboys and the Manly side the, the following weeks after Penrith. But it, it makes sense. And I guess some of it as well, Billy, is a lot of these owners have owned him for a number of months or even since the start. And if they have, they've made in excess of 200K plus. So it is a good time to be selling him if you're one of those people for sure. Yeah, yeah, I agree, mate. Um one of the silly people that didn't buy him to start the year because I, I I knew he had sort of a few sort of tens and twenties in him, but obviously took into the account into account that he was playing for the storm. But he's one of those guys who sit down and go, you know what? He's not going to be worth it unless he's scoring at least one, one and a half tries per week. But but he was <laughs> scoring two a week. Oh no, I would, look, I don't even look, I wouldn't even beat yourself up about it because I'm not, because honestly, out of the eight games that he played, you know, he won two of them for you, but he could easily, you know, four or five of his other scores, he could have lost you at head, you know. He's got, before he won 16, 123, and 18 and 15. Yeah. And to start the year, even with two tries, he got 45 and 60, so. Yeah, yeah. Just just frustrating. He's, he's had a couple of massive ones and um, strung up together. So he, it's got his, um, got, it's got his average up to something, which is sort of half respectable word. The, uh, his cash up to a certain point where you can still make a couple hundred grand out of him. So, yeah, just 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 jealous. That's all, I suppose. Yeah, look, I think the point, the, the time to, I don't think starting was was the greatest. I think that the time to jump on was when he had some good matchups. Um, if you jumped on him like a month ago, um, you'd be cheering. I think that was optimal. But aside from that, the guys that are getting traded in, Grant and Munster are coming in. We don't need to talk about that. Both phenomenal trade-ins at the moment. Although, I will say with both of them. What's your philosophy on on getting guys that are going to play Origin in a few weeks, um, like Grant and Munster, and don't have a great draw? Because obviously, you know Penrith this week isn't great. That's a hard matchup, and it's at Penrith as well. Oh no, it's at it's, sorry, it's at Suncorp, and then obviously the Cowboys, which is a bit easier, but they do have one of the best defensive sides at the moment in the NRL, and then Manly at home, who are going to have um, Turbo returning as well, and obviously they don't have Pat for this few weeks, and then you got the buy and Origin starting, and, and any resting or reduced minutes that might happen with people like Grant. Then, so what's your take on that, Billy? You know, you're going to buy these guys for the Origin period now that you've gone so long without them, and you're paying. Probably the highest price that Munster or Grant will be all year. Do you think that you can maybe bypass them for for this little Origin period and get them sort of after Origin two or something? I'd bypass um, Munster. I think he just played out of his skin. Um, although he is looking a lot better than last year, maybe we sort of happy out. He um, steps up a bit more. He was on twenty five or thirty points at half time, and I was thinking, oh come on, man, just do something. But certainly did something in the second half. Um, if you don't own Grant, I, I just get him. You got to remember he he's, he's a hooker in one of the best teams in the comp. He makes sort of 40, 45 tackles a game, and he gets at least one line break per, per game. So I think he's safe for sort of sixty five points just sort of going onto the field. Um, you can't really say that for too many too many other hookers. His um his attacking ability is is unparalleled. Um, I think he, there's daylight between him and a cook at the moment. So. Um, the fact that he's doing it with these, I would just pay the money for him. Um, yeah, he's got uh, Panthers this week, but he's still in the best team in the comp, one of the top two. So he's still going to score some points. Um, 
you mentioned the cows. He's got next, and they've got a great defensive record. But I wouldn't worry about that. They basically had the softest run in the comp. They're all of a sudden they're coming up against a couple of a couple of two hardest teams in the comp. So I wouldn't make too much of that. Credit where credit is due. They're going really well. Uh, Kyle Drinkwater, Tom Lalo, like they're doing well. But I think you can't you can't play the bottom four ranked teams back to back to back eight weeks and all of a sudden go up, up against the um, Storm and Panthers after sort of you know almost winning this in the previous year and go, you know what, we're going to flog them. Also, or be, be, as, be as competitive as we have been. I think they actually get a touch-up. Yeah, no, that's a fair call. Um, I think that I agree with you on the priorities. Like, the thing with Grant in this week is I think a lot of people sort of feel really relieved just getting him in because it's like, finally, I don't have to worry about my hooker spot. Because hooker, we've spoken about so many times, it's such a shit position for Supercoach at the moment. You know, it's it's Grant and Cook. That's all it is. And Cook at the moment is a very hard buy. Um, with getting Grant, we also know with Grant in prior years when he has come off the bench or played reduced minutes, he still delivers. You know, so you, you're going to be fine. And I don't think he's going to get rested. He's just going to end up playing maybe a 55, 60-minute game off the bench if they need to or something like that. And, and that's that's fine for him because he delivers and he still scores really well, especially if it's a good matchup. You won't even notice that he's played less minutes sometimes. Whereas Munster, um, he could get rested a game altogether. Um, but he's also in the halves where there's a lot of options in the halves. You know, it's not a, a position like hooker where if you don't have um, Grant, your, your drop-off is so huge on your other options that you're going to have to play or look at if you don't have a cook either. You know, so I, I can see, I think that you get Grant in now. I think that Munster, you could definitely wait and just use some of the other options because Munster is absolutely on a tear, but he could have some lower scores in, in these coming weeks, including this one against the Panthers as well. And over 800,000 for Munster, 60 BE. I, I don't see a big rush to get him this week. If you really want to get him in this period, you may as well wait until next week versus the Cows because he's unlikely to be hugely more expensive unless he absolutely blows up against Penrith, which seems unlikely. Um, but, Billy, it also raises a point on the Penrith side of things. Nathan Cleary isn't in the most traded-out players, but I've seen you know, a reasonable amount of trades that have occurred with Cleary going out on Supercoach when you have a look at it. Um, it raises the same type of question on uh, at what point, you know, do you give up on some origin players and get them post-origin or do you just try and keep as many as you can? It's it's a very tricky point in the year. It's a very hard strategy. Nathan Cleary's got 192 break-even because he's coming off a 40-point game and he's coming up against a storm. He's, he's going to bleed cash this week. He's about a million dollars, but he is going to bleed cash regardless. There's no way he's going to hit that BE this week. Is this the type of week where you go, you know what, he, he's got the Roosters and the Storm the next two weeks? And I was going to sell him for origin anyway, so maybe I go early. Or do you have a different strategy where you just hold all the way through with someone like Nathan Cleary and not worry about it? Yeah, if you go back to my last 10 years as a coach, I'd say sell him. Um, avoid, the, avoid the 100, 150K loss, um, get some points elsewhere, get a buy cover player. The flip side of that, um, or the smarter me, or the... the Mature Billy. There's no right or wrong, but just from, from experience, the last the last seven, eight years, I've always sort of buy a plan and tried to have absolute like a 17 for each buy round. I pull my team apart only to find out, you know, on on Christmas Eve, TLT rounds to the 13, you know, one or two pe- once, one, one or two people unexpectedly have been selected or someone goes into the Queensland camp or there's an injury 
and another injury and then someone gets dropped and, and before you know it your full 17 comes down to 13 and there's two or three people in there that you've only got for buy cover that's ended up being a trade-in and people that um a pure head-to-head and only have sort of nine players end up scoring 200 more points than you because they've got the one player that scored 150 or something like that. So I wouldn't worry about having um, buy coverage unless they're players, you know, like maybe sort of caught up that's you know, all of a sudden doing 80 minutes scoring sort of 70, 75 in base. You really, really want to have in your team that's undervalued by a couple of hundred grand. Um, or getting the high volatility players like, you know, sort of Garrick, like a little bit earlier and going, you know what, he's going to absolutely gun the center three quarter. I'm going to have him for the rest of the year. Um, I'm just going to get something like that in. I would actually go with the, just having eight, nine, ten quality players you want long-term in your team to keep those. It is one of those things where I, I don't think there is a right or wrong answer, like you said. Like there's, there's people that will sell Cleary this week and they might end up better off than the rest of Supercoach for the next month because Cleary will maybe throw up another 40 against Melbourne, maybe throw up a 60 versus the Roosters and uh, have a decent score against the Cowboys, three-round average of 70-odd, and he's going to drop, you know, 200,000 over that time, and then he's going to be out for origin, and you're going to have someone to play in a spot that nobody else does. Uh, so definitely that could happen. Um, the flip side is obviously that he could go 150 um, in any given week, and then you're in big trouble. So I don't think there's a right or wrong answer. Um, I do think that it's important to balance holding guys like Cleary as long as you can because these are the best players in Supercoach and outside of the weeks where they're not playing Origin, you, you want them to be playing. Um, but, you know, we digress. He does have a big break even. I think this is the week you need to decide, though. That's what I will say for sure with Cleary. If you are someone that wants to sell your Origin players during this Origin period, you need to look at their BEs and see the best time. If you're going to sell Nathan Cleary, um, BE 192, playing the Storm, this is a week to do it. If you're not going to, I think that's perfectly fine and reasonable. I'm not going to. I'm going to hold him through, and in which case you don't look at selling him at any point because you certainly don't want to turn around in three weeks, Billy, and say, all right, I think I'm going to need to sell Nathan Cleary and sell him at you know 720000 instead of the million that he's had at the moment. So I think this is a week on the Nathan Cleary decision either way. Yeah, so hundred percent agree, mate. Not really going to add. Sorry, not really going to add anything more there apart from quality over quantity. One other player of interest to finish up on this one. Now, Meany has gone to fullback. Really interesting because um, Meany can also goal kick, um, so he's taking that perhaps role. You know, potentially for for six weeks. Maybe it's only a month, but it's it's seeming more like it's going to be towards the six week mark. He's actually gone really well himself lately. 77, 107, 71, and sixty seven in the last month of footy. Panthers is tough. Um, then he has the Cowboys, a bit easier, and then he has Manly. Uh, he is someone that's not going to be on origin duty. He is someone who is going to have goal kicking in the fullback role for, you know, one of the best sides in the comp. 550,000, though. You know, he, is he an alternative pod to someone like Garrick? You know, if you don't care about your buy period, if you don't care about your round 13 numbers at the moment, could you go for someone like Meany, who's in Pappenhausen's role? And, and trade a Pappenhausen to him even um, and look at that as an option to free up money if you already, say, have a turbo or you don't want turbo. You know, At the moment, he's 550000 which is a lot, but he also still has a small negative break even too, so he's still got some cash to make. If I had to choose, if I had to choose between him and Derek, no, no way. No way in hell. If I already had Derek and had to choose between downgrading uh, Pappy to someone and I, already, uh, and I didn't want to do turbo just yet, and I didn't want to do Teddy because I've already got him. He might be an option. Um, 
Oh, I've already, I already looked at it. You're right, goal kicking, playing fullback. But the, the other thing is, what if, the, what if, and this is just a what if, but what if there's a late switch and all of a sudden, um, you know, um, Munster goes to fullback, someone else comes in into the halves. Like what happens then? You've got a goal kicking bloke on the wing, mm. and he looked at his base. He looked at his base, and it was horrendous. Like he he scored seventy with what a, a line break try and and a try assist, line break assist. Like they just and that was weak kicking goals. So if he doesn't have a, the, those um those um those tries or line breaks, he's he's kicking sort of he's, he's scoring sort of 15, 20 points. And you add in the fact that he's playing uh, Panthers this week, I, he's just too much of an unknown for half a million bucks, that's all. Yeah, I agree. Uh, it's a price point. And, you know, I, I'd actually get around it a little bit more if he was playing a good, uh, like a good matchup. Like if he was playing the Warriors this week, I'd actually say it's a reasonable option to put him at fullback for your side for Pappenhausen and make a second trade. And then you can move him because he's dual from fullback to centre wing next week and grab in a turbo next week if you're happy with how they look yeah. or someone else. But because he's playing Penrith, you know, if he throws up a 25-point score this week, he's not going to go up much money and his break-even is going to be bad because of that price point. So I think he needed to be 150k cheaper or have a better matchup or both ideally for him to be a, a good option. Yeah. Um, Mate, put it, put it this way. If this was like, um, you know, the, 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 the big bash... Um, where you get unlimited trades, you could trade him in for one week and then trade him out the following week. 100%, I'd possibly have a crack at bringing him in, see how he goes. Maybe even put the VC on him um, if he was playing someone like the Warriors, see how many goals he can keep. Hopefully, he falls out of line a couple of times, he gets some line breaks and scores at 120-130. But the fact that you don't have like, unlimited trades and the fact that you're stuck with him for a couple of weeks, you, you don't know where the puppy's coming back. And um, he's, the fact that he's got Panthers this week, those are the negatives, mate. Yeah, and just to finish up on him as well, I will point out that um, as great as he's looked the last month, if you look at his three worst scores, they're against arguably the three worst teams that he's played. <laughs> so the West Tigers, he scored 26 points. The Bulldogs, he scored 14. The Raiders, he scored 15. So that that tells you what you could be in for, especially if he ends up moved back to that wing spot like Billy um, mentioned as well, if they have a late change. So a little bit too many question marks for me. Billy, I'm actually going to go into this game with no C or VC on anyone out of Storm and Panthers. Um, I do think that the Panthers can win this one. Uh, and if I was going to pick someone, I would VC Cleary in it with knowing that I've got Hines later on. I probably agree. I can't. I can't see. I can't see Munster or um, or Grant Gars the one thirty one forty this week. They're not going to cut up the middle like they did last week. So, I think goal kicking clear is the only option. Yep, hundred percent. He's a consideration for that one. Um, but look, I mentioned that I think the Panthers are going to win. Top spot better the week for this game. Panthers dollar sixty eight. I like that one. No Pappenhausen. I'm all bored. Next game is the Sharks and the Raiders. A little bit less sexy. Um, we've got Nico move to fullback, Trindle to the halves, Tracy center for Mulatalo to return on the wing. Those are the changes that are going to affect Supercoach. I will just say with Nico, he's being trained in by a lot of people at the moment, 185 points last week, third best scorer all year. Uh, look, if you don't have him, you need to get him in 100%. He's your priority. But a lot of people do now, half a Supercoach. Moving to fullback that's going to help him immensely, I think, because um, you know that's where all the big scores came from in Melbourne, which everyone was worried he wasn't going to translate to in Cronulla. He's now a fullback goal kicking, and he's still going to be able to play a first receiver role all the time anyway with that Cronulla attack. 
Uh, so that's that's good news for him, even though they're missing a couple of players, the Sharkies. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the only person, the only uh, people this really hurts is the, the fantasy guys. He's obviously going to lose his defenders. So, um, but for our, our version of the game, mate, a lot more kick returns, a lot more chances to sort of tackle busts, which are juicy as hell. So, yeah, I'm, I'm loving the sweet play opportunity, and I'm just kind of hoping he goes left a fair bit to Talakai. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's talk about Talakai because, like, there's two guys in this game that are the most traded out. Okay, Schneider's one. He's been a bit disappointing, and we've got the news that he might be other side the next couple of weeks. So it makes complete sense. But Talakai's the other one, and you mentioned him. You know, Talakai's the fifth most traded out player at the moment. And this is, like I've mentioned a few times the last couple of weeks, this is a really hard point of the season, Billy, because a lot of decisions are black and white and you've got to take some guesstimates and you're not going to get them all right. Talakai, I reckon it's a 50-50 split on selling and not selling at the moment. 765000 there's a lot of money there. Um, even people that brought him in a couple of weeks ago still made a lot of money on him. He's now got 50 and 36 points the last two weeks, which is disappointing against the Broncos. And particularly against the Warriors. Um, now, look, I will say both of those games, you know, the Broncos game, he went over the line and scored a try, which was later disallowed because he was held up. You know, that could have been a 65-70 point score. The Warriors game as well, he was very close to more attacking stats. It could have easily been 70 plus. Certainly, you know, he could have had those big scores, but they weren't there. I'm actually looking at this game going, I'm, not only I'm not thinking about selling Talakai, I cannot wait to play him this week against the Raiders because I think that he could run right. Um, I think that the fact that Ramian's not on that other side bodes well for him. I think that they might go to his side more. And I think that fullback Nico could sweep that way quite a bit as well. And aside from that, the thing that people need to remember again, which we've mentioned the last couple of weeks, round 12 is only a couple of weeks away. And at that point, Talakai is going to go straight into your center wing because he's going to get his duel. So even though it's tempting to, with all that money and a really high break even, uh, I, I just think that he's a keeper and he's a guy that could easily turn up this weekend. And in your centre wing, you're going to want him back in a couple of weeks. So for me, he's a no-sell. I get people cashing in. I just think you need to understand what you're going to be missing out on if you're selling though this week. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I think um, Stag's kind of shutting down a lot. Um, there were a couple of balls last week too where he got some really, really early ball too. He, like he didn't get through the line, but he, he got the ball sort of 10 metres out and had, had a couple of really good sort of, um, really a couple of really good hit ups at, at, his, at his opposing three or four. So um, if he can get a bit more early ball this, this week and um, throw, throw on top of the fact that Hines is Hines there. So I am, um, yeah, I'm not salivating, but I'm really, really enjoying the prospect. The prospect watching play this week, mate. Yep, and pretty good matchup against that Raiders side as well um, with those young centre pairings that they've got. Uh, look, obvious obvious choice here for the captaincy. Hines is coming off 185 points. We've seen him carve at fullback in, in years past and he's going to be playing against the Raiders. You know, it's it, it, it's got to be the number one captaincy of the week. He was only about 7 or 8% captain last week, which is a massive pod play with no Pappenhausen this week and with him coming off 185 the only downside to Hines is I think that we're going to be with the crowd if we captain him right because it's probably going to be 30% captained. Only, you reckon? <laughs> I reckon <laughs> everyone Scotty will be captaining him. Um, <laughs> apart, from, apart from the pod hunters, there's always some. Um, yeah, I'd... There's that many limit. There's that many limited options this week. I'd, I'd be concerned that I... Like... If, if you if you if you thought it was hard last week watching um um 
watching, you know, watching Pappy until he sort of went down. This would be sort of twice as hard. Yeah, I'm all over Hines this week again. I captained him last week. The sea is not going to be moving in my team. Top sport bet of the week for this one. $2.33 for Nicholas Hines if you think he's going to get another try. But I'm going to go for Sione Katoa. Hasn't scored recently. $1.84 odds. Uh, that's pretty juicy for him. Uh, and I reckon he's going over the line for sure. Second last game of the round, Roosters and Eels. Now, big news here is uh, Watson is back, which is great because Verrills is gone. So Watson will start at nine, not come off the bench, which is good news. Um, Satili's name to start. He got benched last week. Whether he actually starts or not is a big question. It's a huge concern. Uh, I have to hope that maybe he's. Um, it was just a kick up the ass for his defence and stuff, which is what I heard it was. Hopefully, because he's been named to start, he's going to stick there. But there's always a chance he could get benched, in which case you're going to need to sell him. And you've got very few options because it's the second last game. So it's a bit of a tough spot with Satili owners. Uh, Billy Smith isn't named. A um, few questions about him in this TLT. He got named for the Bears today. Uh, so they're going to give him one game back playing footy because it's been a bit of a long layoff before they assess whether he can um, make it back into the NRL side. So you may want to just hold him another week just to see if he's holding this long. But as far as market watch, Billy, Moses is the 10th most traded out player. I think that's late trade. He should have been traded out weeks before because, you know, he's bled cash already. That makes sense. Traded in. Tedesco's the fifth most traded in player in this game. Um, that makes a lot of sense. He's obviously coming off that 126 points. An interesting issue to have, if you've got Hines at your full back and you don't really want to sell other players and you're obviously setting Pappenhausen out, you've got to choose between Turbo and Teddy. On the surface, Turbo's got an easier matchup versus the Broncos. Teddy's up against the Eels. But which way do you go? Because obviously Teddy's also cheaper, coming off 126, whereas Turbo only scored 77. Yeah, I have to go the turbo route, mate. I, um, Teddy's uh, in form at the moment, but I just, uh, I, I just can't, I just can't do it. I, I still got to go with a bit of premium pedigree where a bloke, a bloke that's uh, near is absolutely shot, injured, and out a few weeks has an absolute core understanding of scores, you know, 80, 80, 80, 85. So I have to go, with, I have to go with the time option, mate. Fair call. Um, I think it's really hard to separate them I'm, because we're doing the Roosters-Eels game here, though. I'm just going to repeat uh, what Teddy's stats were last week. Three tries, one offload, two line breaks, 10 tackle breaks, one line break assist, and only one error. Uh, it was an absolute masterclass of a game from Teddy. So I don't think it's a wrong answer. Um, if the Eels side shows up that played the Cowboys two weeks ago, Teddy could absolutely be a monster this week. Yeah. If the Eels side that won last week shows up, then it could be really tough for Teddy this week. So I think the as much as what the Roosters are doing plays into your decision, uh, a lot of it actually is which Eels side's going to turn up for your boys, Billy. Yeah. <laughs> you got a good win last week, but oh, they looked terrible. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what it was. Was it maybe sort of something to do with the, um, the humidity and playing up in North Queensland? Um, do they have COVID? I don't know. They they just look absolutely horrendous that week, and then all of a sudden they they, they have a massive completion rate. Don't drop the ball. Um, they just played out of skin last week, and they they only just got there. They still got there. Yeah, I have to say, like last week's Eels Panthers match is is the best match I've watched this year. It was um, it felt like a semi final match. Both teams played really really good footy. So yeah, if those Eels turn up. Yeah, yeah. If, if those eels turn up, mate, it'll, it'll be the Bruce's have been a bit of strife. Um, but Suwali is the other guy that's being trained in still. Tenth most traded in. 
Um, now, I'm going to ask you this question for me, okay? I already said that I don't own Suwali. I missed out on him. He's now pretty expensive. So I sort of said to myself a week ago, look, if I don't get him in, I'm going to have to buy a passing. He's 360000 minus 14 BE, coming off an 86, you know, but he's got the eels, the Panthers, Sharks, before he even hits that buy. I sort of said, no, I'm just going to leave him because he's too much money now. Um, he can easily throw up 20s and, and 30s and stuff. Should I be buying him with the crowd still at 360000 At that price, I would. It gives you, gives you a bubble of seat, gives you a number. He's, he's, on the, he's on that right edge, which you know is dangerous. And if your pullback is in form, then I don't see why you wouldn't want him, mate. Like you just think back to round one and, and um, say, so, so you saw. I've got what nine million, nine million bucks, ten million bucks, whatever it is. I need some big rangers and chips and cheapies in my team. Do I want to get one kid that's playing in the one position out in the outside backs in one of the teams that is where they where they actually go to? Um, and hope, hopefully, but hopefully, base is sort of thirty as opposed to ten, like Saab. Yeah, it's just at three hundred sixty thousand, and um, the next two weeks, the Eels and Panthers, I'm worried about for him. Um, but you know, I don't think it's bad yeah. to bring him in. Um, I'm, I'm a bit torn on it myself. Um, Isaiah Papali, I'd love to bring in. I, last week, he's in, in round eight. He scored 59 points against the cows, and I thought, good, this is when he can start dropping. He's playing Penrith. Like I don't want to, I don't want to buy him versus Penrith. 93 points against Penrith, yeah. 71 in raw base, which is his best raw base game <laughs> of the year. And it was only a 22 to 20 game as well, you know, semi-final style. And he was just in everything, like almost 800,000, 107 BE. And yet you'd still probably buy him this week. And I have to say, like our, our edge defence and it hasn't been the best. I think he's going to be running against Sam Walker. Um, it's why Satili was moved as well. It's why Angus swapped sides as well. So, I mean, it's. I couldn't talk anyone out of this one because he's definitely going to be a keeper all the way through and he will play that round 17 by. But Isaiah Papali'i, mate, he just keeps killing it when you're expecting to hopefully get him a bit cheaper. Yeah, I know. I remember looking at him at half time. You know, when you're, when, you're, when you're watching Thursday, Friday night footy or Saturday afternoon, you go, you watch the game and you go, scores at half time. You're like, I wonder how he's going. And you look at him, he's like, 45? Where the hell did that come from? It's like he hasn't scored, hasn't had the offloads. You're like, oh, okay, it looks looks like he's had you know, 22 points in runs and you know, five tackle busts. You're like, I don't remember seeing that. <laughs> it, it, 22 it, runs, yeah. nine tackle breaks, and almost 50 tackles. <laughs> yeah, unbelievable, isn't it? So, yeah, um, I would love to get him this week, even even with his break even. I'd love to get those points, but I'm going to hold off hold off a week and then probably next week do the hold off again until <laughs> post post uh post um round uh, 13 I think I don't want to but I think it's more important to get the guys like um Garrick who are goalkeeping and have a much higher propensity to score uh, to have bigger scores and playing that by first and then worry about the that the guy that might score 75 80 as opposed to your other guy who might score 60. Yeah, look, I, I can see an argument for people going, I'm going to use my Pappenhauser money to get a Papalier in. Um, I, I can see that argument for sure, and people being worried about Turbo. What I would say is Papalier is heavily owned now. You know, we're going, we're going to start approaching soon 50% of Supercoach owning him, and you're not going to catch up that way, especially when he's a guy who is 
you know, not going to go 150 plus, like Billy said. He's already got 124 point score this year. I don't think he'll get that again. You know, he'll be one of those 70 to 90 point guys that is like a staple in that area. And he's done that all year aside from, you know, one game um, plus a 94 and 93. So, you know, he's not going to do a Garrick 150. So I think that you need to be looking at those type of guys at the moment to try and make up some ground now while the scoring is quite high while we have some good matchups and while you have some of those guys that are really attainable. So I'm going to sort of ignore some of the high price forwards at the moment and focus on those backs for the same reason that Billy said, because those are the guys that can get you the big scores at the moment. And they're the ones that can actually catch you up to the crowd a little bit better. Um, Watson's going to be a bit of a watch to see what sort of minutes he plays. Verrills was a 65 minute player. Um, If Watson does that, he might be interesting for the buy and he'll probably bottom out next fortnight at 450k. So he's going to be a watch. Um, look, we mentioned some vice-captain and captain options that we thought you couldn't miss. Hines was one of them. Turbo, you know, not a definite, but, you know, a pretty good one because they're starting in the round. If you wanted to go a VC, Hines, though, just to, just to see and then look at a captaincy later on. Um, yeah, Teddy's coming off his 126. Straight captain on Teddy versus Eels. Do you think it's too dicey or do you think it could come off, Billy? I mean, I think the Eels are in career-best form, like, for the last 10 years. It, I think the only time the only time I've seen them in better form was 2009 when, when Hayne went crazy with them. So the fact that they've uh, got some momentum and some com- confidence is a big thing. Momentum is a big thing. You come up a win against the Panthers like that, I wouldn't want to be against them this week. So I'd actually be trying to steer clear of Teddy this week. And... That, that's actually one of the reasons why I didn't bother, why I went straight with Turbo, just because I'm avoiding teeth. I don't own him and I don't want to do it. I, my head agrees with you, but my heart is remembering Teddy's 180 point game versus the Eels four or five years ago when I was walking towards a concert that was a killer concert that I went to. So, an old heavy metal band from the 80s. And I was looking at my phone watching the game, and Teddy scored 180 points on power. And I had the captaincy on him and not many did. And it just made my year. So I cannot forget that Teddy's third best score ever is against your boys. Uh, and I think that he actually does step up for a good score this week, but not enough for me to not captain Nico. So I will end it on that note. Do you like giving the Roosters some points? We might lose, but I think that we might be competitive against your Eels this week because I reckon that you got up for your grand final last week, mate. And you kind of got going off to Bali this week to holiday at Suncorp on Magic Round. So... I'm going to go plus seven and a half for the Roosters at $1.59. And I reckon that's okay odds for top sport. Last game, Tigers versus Cowboys. Not exactly a cracker to finish on and not very many super coach options. Big changes are for super coach Luciano is back. Kelma Tuolagi continues to start on his edge, which is good. And Cotter is again named at prop. So Tuolagi is the fourth most traded out player at the moment. Um, I don't, don't particularly agree with that if you don't need to, but it's not a huge deal. But Drinkwater is still one of the most traded in players, eighth most traded in player this week, Billy. Um, and I sort of could get around it last week because he still had a couple of good matchups. This week, I think it's a lot harder to get Drinkwater in. He's now gone up a heap more money. He's 670000 now. He was under 600000 last week. And obviously, threw up 74 against Newcastle, which is solid. But now he's only got one good matchup after Newcastle's gone, which is the Tigers this week. And then he hits the Storm and the, and the Penrith Panthers. I, th- I couldn't possibly do it this week. Um, I understand people looking at, at a pod move and I've seen some people go, you know, instead of a, 
a turbo. I'm going to go on a drink water because it's cheaper and do something else with the money and all that type of stuff. Look, I think you're going to get some immediate love out of it, Billy. I think that he will go well this week against the Tigers. Maybe he'll ton again, but the next two weeks he's going to just come straight back to earth and it's just going to be like a, a one out of three weeks good game followed by two bad games. And I, I just don't think it's, it's worth spending on that right now when you can just go for a turbo or something like that. Yeah, exactly. And if you look at the, uh, what was there was a stat called out in the, um, in, in, it was either during the game or post game uh, against us with the Storm game last week, they said a Storm haven't allowed a, a try in 200 minutes. Um, and when, when that went, and when they did, it was toward, towards the end of the game for one. I don't like the chances of, uh, <laughs> of, uh, drink, drink water going out of the line more than once. So I'm, I'm back in him to come back to earth. Um, hundred percent. A good week this week for him if you own him, but don't, don't buy him this week at the price now and where he's gotten to. Uh, interesting when you're looking at the break evens, um, one that's gone under the radar a little bit. Uh, Kyle felt all of a sudden after an ordinary season has now gone 82 and 113 the last two weeks. Hadn't scored 60 plus in his seven games before that, but 113, 82 the last two now has a three round average of 80. He's 500,000 almost on the nose, um, but he's now got still a negative break even after going up a heap of money. So you would have made about 75K if you went to him last week, but he's still got a minus 32 BE. Um, does have that hard draw, like we just mentioned, after this week. But as a quick money grab, you know, if he goes across the line, you know, even just once like last week, you could get an 80-plus again like he did. That's going to be a heap of cash that he's going to make for you. Um, close towards, you know, 80,000, 90,000 perhaps. And then he's going to have the storm, but he's still going to have a negative break even there as well. So even if he goes badly, you know, you can bench him anyway. Could feasibly make 140, 150K the next two weeks. So... He's one of those ones, Billy, where if, you ha- if you've got the spare cash and you're happy to spend on, you know, a, a guaranteed, you know, money maker over the next fortnight, 500K, a play this week, a bench next week. He's one that's gone under the radar that I wish I sort of got on a, a few weeks ago when he was a lot cheaper. You could have got on him three weeks ago at 385000 You know, that would have been a great time to jump on him if we thought that Kyle Felt was going to go on this type of run. You look at last year too, as well as the year before and the year before, even when they're horribly out of form, if they score a try, it's generally down to your side. You look at the Tigers, when they're horribly out of form, whenever they score a try, it's generally down to no side. So if you're ever going to take a punt on someone, you want to take a punt on the one person where they're dominant. So, and he's good under the high ball as well. So look, at, at the 300 price, you would have been right. Um, if, if you got it at the right time now, uh, not so much particular time to be on this one. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, one guy that is a good one to finish up on is a guy a month ago I said, uh, I don't really think people should be borrowing him. He's not going to be a mistake, but he's not going to be great. And that was Ruben Cotter. 460,000, eh, he's just going to sort of be 50s and that's it. He's not getting enough minutes. The next two weeks he went 51 and 43. I felt hugely vindicated and his minutes were 51 and 56. The last two weeks, I'm not going to say I was wrong because all of a sudden he's gone from playing between 49 and 59 minutes to playing 75 minutes last week and 80 minutes a week before and getting named as a starting prop on the weekend. And he's been named as a starting prop for this magic round as well. Pretty insane for a guy that's a dual hooker, second row forward. Um, He's 500K on the nose now, just about 20 BE. um, But he's now got 68, 75 points last two weeks because 
he is a meat and potatoes guy, but he's, if he's going to average 77 minutes like he has the last two weeks, and his base is going to be massive, Billy. His base the last two weeks is 62 and 75 raw base. He will keep doing that if Todd Payton is going to keep giving him 75 to 80 minutes a game. So at 500,000 for someone who plays the buy, he will probably be a little bit less affected by the Storm and the Panthers game. Uh, he's definitely the buy out of the Cowboys side for me. Um, yes, I'm changing my tune, but it's only because his role has immensely changed the last fortnight. Yeah, you mentioned, mentioned him about 45 minutes ago. He's only one of four people I'm interested in this week. He was one of them. Um, and it's purely because of the minutes, that's it. He's, um, he's, ha- he's having 40 to 45 tackles a game, and he's having a, a, a huge number of runs, and really um, he's got the... Yeah, the end. So he's got the Tigers this week, but the, obviously that the the draw of the next couple of weeks wasn't ideal. But the fact that he's what forty five tackles playing in the middle, 70, 75 minutes doesn't matter who he's playing. He's going to get those tackles. Um, the only concern is how much time does he spend behind behind the goalpost, but and how much ball do they have? Does that limit his sort of um, his hit ups? But w- worst case scenario, so he scores maybe what sixty sixty five for a couple of weeks as opposed to. 75, you'll still take that with a 20-break Yeah, and it's a real opportune time as well because um, someone like Chris Randall is only $70,000 difference. Um, and, and Randall's got a single-figure break even, so he's got some more money to make. But because of the jewel that Cotter has, like you could get rid of someone in your second row um, and put Cotter there, and then you're going to get Cotter before he goes up more. But you could also still get Randall's money that he's going to make in the next week. And then next week, when his break-even might be around the 40-odd mark, you trade Randall out, move Cotter to your second hooker spot. And I think that's where he has the most value, um, being your second hooker that you can then move into your starting hooker for Grant once the origin period hits as well. So, um, yeah, a lot of good value for him now that he's playing the bigger minutes. Um, Hopefully, Peyton keeps that up, because if it does go back down in the mid-50s, then his value is going to decrease immensely, and he'll probably end up being a sell pretty quickly too. Um, Billy... That's the last one, mate. Thanks for jumping on the Magic Round podcast with me. I'm sorry that I can't be at Magic Round. I would love to go this weekend. I believe that you, Luke, Wilfred, heaps of the other podcasters, everyone's going to be going to various days, so it should be a lot of fun. Yeah, I'll have a beer with Luke for you, mate. Enjoy. Look for us out on the TV. I will. Um, have a great time. I'll, I'll be sitting home watching it on TV with my family screaming at me probably, but, you know, <laughs> a little bit of a different atmosphere. But, yeah, good luck with Supercage this week, mate. We'll chat again in the next fortnight, I'm sure. Thanks, good fella. Thanks, everyone else, for listening as well. You can download or stream the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Amazon or Audible and anywhere that good podcasts are found. Follow us on Twitter as well, NRL underscore SC underscore All Stars. And if you want to jump on topsport.com.au, use the promo code SC All Stars, all one word, and they'll take great care of you. Guys and girls, thanks very much for listening. It's been a great podcast. We'll be back with the Talking Footy podcast at the end of the week, dropping on the Friday. It is Magic Round Footy as well, so make sure that you enjoy it, whether you're going along or watching on the TV. Good luck with your Supercoach teams and all your choices. Hopefully all the captains score a million points, and we'll be chatting about it again for TLT Supercoach next Tuesday night. Hey now, you're an all-star. Get your game on.